Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody. The sun is shining. It is officially springtime and I love this time of year. It just feels so, so full of possibility, doesn't it? it do you know what I mean? Even though skin, the world's on fire, it's knackered. We had the budget the other day, which helps no one. Uh... It still feels good because the sun's out. Yeah, no, he's got every every cloud. What, it, what can we do? You know. Anyway, the sun's out, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, this week's guest. Now, this week's guest is uh, Stephen Bailey. Stephen Bailey has a brand new podcast with the mighty Zoe Lyons, uh, who was previously on our Insane in the Fem Brain, um, and it's called Let's Talk About the Husband. It's a cracking little podcast. Uh, Stephen is a huge fan of reality TV. Zoe Lyons, on the other hand, has no idea about it. So it's Stephen educating Zoe on these things. Like, and got, he got her into the Kardashians uh, with, with uh, hysterical results. So uh, check that out. It's, let's talk about the husband. Um, and it's produced by our very own producer, Paul. So you know it's going to be great. It's a good seal of quality, that is. It's a sign of good quality. It's, I think you should get your own stamp producer, Paul, like a kite mark. Um, so that's that's coming out, and that's out now. Let's talk about The Husband, and that's available on all podcast platforms, Acast and Podbean, and Podbean, and all those sorts of things, where you find this mighty podcast, Insane in the Membrane. I hope you lot are doing all right. Um, I hope you're doing well. Thank you to everyone for the messages that we receive, uh, and to our brilliant patrons. Thank you so much for, for, for doing what you do. Because honestly, without you, we're going to be able to keep the lights on. It's a lot of work goes into this. Uh, people don't realise, you know, it's not just us just ch- chin-wagging for an hour. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes to bring you one of the finest podcasts in the land. And we will continue to do so all the time that you want it and you help us do it. So spread the word, do us a favour, tell everybody and keep on doing that because then that way it makes it all worthwhile but we do get some wonderful messages from people that honestly uh, are just blown me away and I just want to say thank you to you guys uh, for reaching out and letting us know that that we've helped in some way you know because that's why we do this it's to help it's to help people to to have conversations so that people don't feel so alone because you do I do I do it myself I'm the worst one for it in fact you know I'm always on about reaching out and getting in touch with people but I'm the worst one at it. And people listening now, if I haven't spoken to you for a bit, it's not personal. It's because I've been a bit shit. I've just got things I'm dealing with and I'm trying to work it out. And I'm just doing that. But that's why we do this podcast. It helps me. It helps you. That's why we do it. So, 
let's uh, let's have it, shall we? Let's have it. It's uh, Stephen Bailey. Stephen Bailey, very very funny man. I've known Stephen for a few years. We've worked together many many times, and I, I just love him. He's brilliant at what he does. He's very funny. He's he's he's, he's very open. He's very honest. Lovely dude. Like we've, we've always gotten on ever since we've known each other. Um, he's a busy boy. He's blowing up. Um, he's yeah. He's going places. So if you get tickets, if you can get tickets to see him, you should because he's very good. And it's not going to be long until he's selling out huge arenas. Uh, so get yourselves along to that. And uh, it was a real pleasure to have him on. He's a lovely dude, and you're going to love this episode as much as I loved recording it. So coming up in a minute is Stephen Bailey. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, I'm Zoe Lyons, comedian, sometimes found on Radio 4, often being very, very cultural and highbrow. Please join us on Let's Talk About the Husband, the new podcast that shines a cultural light on all things reality TV. I'm joined by my very trashy friend, Stephen Bailey, who you may have seen on Celebrity Coach Trip or Celebs on the Farm. Uh, and I've done live at the Apollo. Oh, he's also done live at the Apollo and he just bangs on about that forever. Stephen... What are they going to get on the show? If you... <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. I know, I think... <laughs> um, I'm going to prove that you can learn as much about culture from pop culture and you can learn everything you need to know from Kim Kardashian as well as, like, the Guggenheim Museum. Is that the name of the museum? It is the name of the museum. Yeah. Well done. So join us on Let's Talk About the Husband. A podcast from producer producerpaul.co.uk. Uh- Insane in the membrane. Is this the thing, by the way? Yes, it is. I'll give... is it, oh, mate? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give proper answers to things now. Uh... <laughs> I meant to say, because there's no, there's no big introduction. We just do it. Oh, great. Love that for us. Um, yeah, I do worry about my weight all the time. Um, only because I do think we're 
a, a very shallow society. Yeah. Who gets thousands of Instagram likes on Facebook? Men that are shirtless with six packs. Mm. That's who. Not someone that's just got a little chippy tippy go chippy titty going on. <laughs> I know what you mean. I tell you what, though, I've been watching a guy, there's a, there's a personal trainer dude called James Smith. Oh, yeah. And he's brilliant. You should have a look at him because he just, he just doesn't fuck about. He's like, look, it's all about calories in, calories out. If you're going to, he goes, you can have biscuits all day long, but it's still, a, it's not healthy. He said, but if, the, if it's more than the calories, then you burn off, you're going to be fat. So... You know, just watch your calories. That's all he says. He goes, you can't, you can do all the exercise in the world. You go to the gym every day, but that's not going to burn off the fat. And also, I must say, now I'm in my 30s, it is a health thing as well. It used to be a vanity project, don't Mm. get me wrong. But now it is a health thing. Like, I don't know about you during the lockdown, but I just sat and got fat. I didn't do anything productive. I put on two and a half stone. I just ate Kinder Bueno. Because we did that thing, be like, there's nothing to do apart from cook. and bake and pop to the shop. Yeah. So you cook your breakfast, you're having a proper breakfast, then never eat breakfast. Then we bake a cake. Then you'd have like, we were making like burgers from scratch. Yeah. Then we're having a bit of the cake we've made. Then we've bought dessert because we fancy a bit of dessert. We're living through a global crisis. We deserve it. But like my boyfriend, he'd exercise every day. And I was like, I'm not doing exercise on Zoom. What a loser. <laughs> um, so I was just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. But then it does cause health issues, yeah. like, because I had, something went wrong with my gallbladder, so they're whipping that out soon. Well, you're kidding. Yeah. And that was because of weight. <laughs> but I think it's, yeah, like you say, because we didn't, we couldn't go really go anywhere. We were allowed to go out for an hour at the beginning, and then we were just piling on. And because, like you say, there was nothing to do. And in the first the first lockdown felt like a bit of a holiday. We kind of all yeah. went, ah, all right. And we all come off our holidays with a bit more weight. <laughs> I went up a jean size. Oh my I was God. so I went fucking up upset. Too. <sighs> it was so bad. Like, it got to a point where, because I didn't get really get dressed either in the first lockdown, because I did find it novel. So I was just like always in like me baggy trackies yeah. and me baggy hoodie and stuff like that. And then when I had to put a suit on for something, I was like, <gasps> <gasps> Oh my god! It wouldn't even come up past my thigh. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm like, I've put weight on in my legs. Now I always had chunky legs anyway, but that's when I knew I was like, if you go up a shoe size, that's when you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I means ju- your willies got bigger. <laughs> I wish it was, um, <laughs> but that was it. it. Yeah, all of that, like, because you know, because I was with Jade at the time, and that was just. We were just, and she's she's a great cook, so we were just cooking incredible feasts all the time. It was like Henry VIII every day. And then, you you know, you're going to pay for it, and now I'm paying for it. And now yeah, I'm, that's how yeah. I feel. And don't you feel like I, we got the mentality of being like, anytime we were like, should we do this? Like, we got afternoon tea delivered, like where they, <laughs> but they, like, lent you the crockery and everything, so you had, like, proper china set and everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we were like... Um, it's just a bit excessive. But every time we were like, are we spending too much money considering one of us is not working at yeah, the minute yeah, yeah. and all we're doing is eating? And we were, we kept doing this to each other. We're living for a global crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is charity You've work. It. Yeah. <laughs> You've earned it. You got to the point, the second, I think it was the second time we got locked down and then we were just getting stoned every day and then pizzas would just come in every day. 
And again, you just, <laughs> you just, it's just a mess. And you, you go, I'll deal with it later, I'll deal with it later. And now I'm in the middle of dealing with it later. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's so weird to me that no one really talks about like the mental impact of the pandemic. Like we're talking about the financial and everything like that. I talk to my therapist all the time about this, be like, how are you not fully booked? Because I don't think people realise they're no. traumatised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've aged. I was talking to my flatmate, Sweeney, the other day, and we were both saying, like, we've seen photos of ourselves from just only two, three years ago. We look fucked. Yeah. We all look fucked because it's just, like you've just said, we've been through some a life-changing experience. And yeah. and people to think it's just going to just snap back to how it was. It's just never going to be the same again as it was. And, anyway. and it's all the things have been like, you know, we were lied to. Was it mishandled? We'll never know. I think mm. it's it's that thing you just go like, we don't know. Apart from the fact that COVID was going around the world, we don't know what was needed to be done. Was it done well? And we've been lied to every step of the way. Or were we even being lied to? We don't know if the lockdown was the right thing to do because all the politicians kept breaking the rules. So it's yeah. like, it might have been the right thing to do, but then we were like, clearly it's not the right thing to do if they're snogging their aids. <laughs> it's just become that that whole thing. The government's a joke. It's a fucking joke. If you, if you were to write that as a TV show, You'd go, well, this isn't, this doesn't, that'd never happen. That'd never happen. It and, is madness. <laughs> My favourite was, I feel like we went into the lockdown being like, hashtag be kind, bang a pan. And we've come out of the lockdown. Well, we all ate each other and no one's banging a pan anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was it as well. You know, uh, the, the biggest insult after everything that had gone on, you saw the, the frontline workers really put their lives on the line and then they didn't even get a pay rise. They didn't no. even get a thank you. They what just... did they get? They put the cost of living up that they've yeah. always had in place to put up and then they blame the Ukraine war as if they're not going through enough. Yeah, exactly. They get the blame for this. Yeah. yeah, it's bullshit. And then we had the budget yesterday and nothing's changed except rich people telling us it's going to be tricky for a while when you're like, mate. It really gets up my nose, this, with rich people telling us that... Um, well, first of all, they go, how can you moan when there's a war going on? And it's like, well, it's two independent thoughts. Yeah. And also is when they go um, ab about being like, you just need to budget better. And it's like, I could budget a billion pounds easier than I can budget yeah. like 10 grand or whatever. And I have a big thing about this because I did a degree in French. And so as part of the course, you had to go and live in France and get to understand the culture mm. and use the language properly, not how you're taught to use it, but use it how they use it in France. Yeah. And I'm always like, how can you run a country when you've not lived in the country? Like you've just lived in your manor house. Like yeah. you, if you want to be prime minister of a country one day and you're in charge of going, this is how much minimum wage is. This is how much benefits you get, et cetera, et cetera. You should have to go and live in some of the most deprived communities for a year. And it yeah. still wouldn't be a proper experience because you do have the money to go back to a year exactly, later. Exactly, yeah. That fear of, that feeling of like proper skin. Yeah. When you don't know, you're like, oh, I don't know where the, I don't know where the next lot of money is going to come from. What and I the bills have, keep got... piling up, the credit card yeah. bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not been able to pay off before. Cause you know, you always get those not percent ones for six months. That's where people get in trouble because yeah. it's like, oh, I've just not been able to pay it off in six months. Yeah, and that's it. And then it just all piles up. And what's mm -hmm. happening as well, it's like it's like everyone's forgotten that, that what we've just been through. 
I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I was going, look, I can't afford to pay this in full. I need to pay it over. I'm going to have to offer you. And I offered them whatever it was. And they went, oh, that's not enough because it's got to be paid off in this amount of time. Mm. And I was just like, but I haven't got it. I'm still paying. I'm still struggling with what's gone on before. Yeah. This is all I can afford. And they're going and they're, and they're talking to you like it hasn't happened. Like the pandemic didn't happen. And, and that's on my level. Imagine what it's like to other people that just have no, they can't even offer anything. No. You know, this whole thing is like, it's like everyone's kind of, it feels like everyone's like, everyone's making up for the shit that's just gone on. So any money they've lost, they're now like, oh no, no, a pint of lager has to be eight pounds a pint or whatever it is, you know, and it's because, and you're like, no, it doesn't. You're just trying to, you're just trying to make up for money you've lost before. That well, money's I was talking gone. to my boyfriend about this the other day and I was like, I don't know if it's this simple, but it seems this simple as going, right. So there was, we went to a supermarket the other day and like a pot of Nest Cafe, but like the posh coffee powder, mm. whatever, was like seven pound. And I was like, are you joking? Yeah. Seven pound? Like, it's ridiculous. So anyway, so like, but putting it all up. So if you put up stuff like your chicken breasts are now instead of three pound, they're six pound, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, you're just trying to make more money to balance it out for you. Yeah. However... Isn't it a bad economy, really? Because people are going to go, I can't afford that. So we're going to live off like making like lentils and chili yeah. and all that. So they're just going to buy cheaper stuff and you're you're not going to sell this stuff for six quid and it's going to go out of date. Isn't it yeah. bad business? I mean, there must be a thing about it, but yeah. I, I was like, I can't figure it out. It mustn't be that <laughs> simple, but I was like, I don't understand it. But it is, it's that, what I found this with... Um... In our industry, in, in comedy, with promoters, they'll go, oh, I'm going to charge 18 quid a ticket for this. And you go, but that's a bit much. If you charge, or oh, 25 quid or whatever it is, you know, like, if you charge a tenner, if you charge a tenner, you're going to get more people. So you're going to make more money. But if you charge 18, 25 quid, you can get fewer people. So it's the same as that. I literally had this conversation the other day when I was planning, like, my tour the other day. And it's like, and also it's like, you have to remember... A, who you are, mm. B, where you're from, C, what you could have afforded to pay, yeah. D, who's your audience. And it's like, I am not charging people £18 a ticket for dick jokes. Because if you come <laughs> as a couple, that is £36 yeah. before you travel, before you're parking, before you've had a drink at the bar. Yeah. And I really don't agree with it. And then you look at things going like, you know, I think Catherine's tickets are only like 18, 20 quid, something like that. I might be wrong, mm. but <laughs> I think they're not that dear. So then it's like, why am I charging 16 quid when you get <laughs> Catherine Ryan for that? I think like you say, why don't we do a tenner, yeah. a ticket, sell out 500 seats and you're going to make more because more people might be able to afford that. Some people can't even afford a tenner for dick jokes. Like yeah. they've got other yeah. things they need to worry about. They've got kids. But say you get a tenner for 500... That is so much better than only being able to sell 100 tickets at 18 quid. Yeah. And you have yeah. a better show. Everyone feels happier. 20 quid for two people for a night out, then some drinks. You still feel like, oh, I can do this whole night out under 50 quid. Seems yeah. more reasonable. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Now you go out and it's you're spending 100 quid. It just, I, I, I bought a large glass of wine the other week and it was a, it was a tenner. And you're like, well, I might as well buy the bottle then. And then the bottle's 30 quid. And you're like, what the, f what the fuck? I was like, I went somewhere the other day and I went, 
oh, can I get a bottle of your house rosé? And normally with stuff like that, you're safe, even in London, of it being like the dearest for house rosé, 21 quid. He was like 40 quid. I went, don't take the cork off. <laughs> Do not decock, because I'm not... Pe- for house rosé, you're talking to the wrong boy. And... Um, I thought it was ridiculous. And then I went somewhere else and I had a double vodka diet Coke. Normally about five, six quick, it's a double. Fourteen pound. Yeah, I could have had a Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone recently and they are they ordered I can't remember what it was, Prosecco or a bottle of champagne or something. And I can't remember, but they, they went, they didn't have it. And they went next door to the supermarket and bought it, came back. And and in front of, in front of, you're like, I'm not, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> what is your like relationship with money? Because I'm always like, am I tight? Am I just scared of being in debt? Because I cannot go in, I will not go into debt. I did right. it when I was like, maybe like 23 when I first moved to London. Took me ages to get out of it. Mm. It wasn't even a lot of debt. And I was like, it's not worth it. No. And then, yeah, I don't know what I am. I'm always like, am I tight? Am I careful? Am I, I don't know what I am, but I'm very good with money. Well, that's good. I'm terrible with money. Terrible with money. And I, what, I know what you way? mean, though. Once you get out of debt, because I was out of debt for a bit, and you go, yeah. oh, that's good. And you sort of, and you sort of, you are careful. But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's a bit shit at the minute, but I'll, I'll get there. I'll get out, I'll get out, but I am shit with money. When I get money, I'm like, yeah, woo. <laughs> and then I'll forget. I'm it. so militant. As soon as I get money, I'm like, put your 20% tax away. Put 20% nice. away for a rainy day. Yeah. Like, I'm a freaking lunatic. No, That's how you should be. Because yeah. then you're not in a position where I am when I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got no money again. And then I have to wait for the next the next uh, chunk to come in. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, it is the worst. I always, I've always like, you know when people don't have to think about it because it's like their parents. Like, I remember when I moved to London. Yeah. And I'd started comedy and I was working a full-time job, but I always got a proper job because I was like, I didn't know if comedy would become a job or it was just a hobby. It was never my dream to be a comedian. No. And so I always got a proper job in case I was looking for a career, really. So I would be working like 12-hour days, then running to gigs. And then I was living in London, so the rent's dearer than what I was used to in Manchester. It was almost double. And... um I remember, like, people be like, oh, this person's such a hard worker, this person's such a hard worker. And I'm going, they temp two days a week, if that. And then you start to find out people's parents pay their rent mm. until they get on their feet. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys don't know what hard work is. Because no. I'm doing 12-hour days, then spending all my money on my goddamn hobby. <laughs> but that's it as well with what we do. There's people I know that, yeah, they've... they've like someone I know there, and good luck to them. They've just their mum and dad have just bought them a flat, and you know they're able to all their money that they get goes into their into their running around doing their comedy, and it's you're like yeah, good oh good on you. But for everyone else, it's like it's a hundred quid to go anywhere on a train. Yeah. Petrol's gone up. I'm not. I mean, still, I've done other jobs, and so I appreciate how privileged I am to be able to make money from what I'm doing. But it's 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 fucking hard. And then what's happening is we're all arguing with each other now online. Everyone's up against each other. And we're fighting over things that we shouldn't really be fighting over. We're fighting over people's sexuality. We're fighting over their gender. We're fighting over their... And you're like, this is what's happening. They want us to be fighting each other. Over yeah, I, I think about this all the time. Is like when people are like having debates about 
trans rights and gay rights. I'm like, why does it matter to you when you're not even part of the community? Yeah. Why does it matter if we have some rights or... Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, a producer being like, and he was like, oh, you're great. We need to get you on this show and da 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 And I was like, you know, it's literally your decision. Yeah. I'm not sat here saying no. <laughs> and he was going... And they were talking, he was like, but you'd be so great. And it was literally after they were watching me like smash something. It was like their eyes opened to something that had never been considered before. And um, I, and basically I was like, the problem is, and I understand it because I would do the same thing. Who do you turn to first when you're booking things? You turn to your mates first because yeah. you want to be surrounded by people you enjoy their company of. But then that means you are only, like if I did a show, it'd probably be very girl and gay heavy. Mm. Um, yeah. because that's who I'm around. So I was like, I get it, but that's what the problem is when we do that show. Because by the time they book their mates, which is like s- straight dudes, and then they're being, uh, you know, they've booked some women, some books of people of colour. People have kind of forgot about the gay man <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, but I was just always going like, but this is why you have to, that's the thing is going... You always have to flag people and just go, just so you know, you, this is a great lineup, like very diverse, very representative of the country. It's fantastic. And all the people on it are brilliant, but every male is heterosexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But this is the thing when you talk about the fact that we're having to argue about gay rights and trans rights, the, it should just be a given that people have rights. Yeah. With this, but we're having these these stupid arguments, and uh, and it all comes from it comes from ignorance. It's, it's just it, it, I don't understand because everybody having rights doesn't take away from your rights. Doesn't take away from doesn't even affect your life. No, and I think it's like how you have to deal with things. Like as a comedian, I don't know what happened to me during the pandemic, but I think I've become. I was with um, Rob Rouse over the weekend, oh, and nice. we were talking, and he was like. I you're a bit hard-faced, you aren't you? And I was like, I think I am a bit hard-faced. <laughs> because I was saying, so I was at a club, like, it was like September time, and there was a lesbian comedian on, and someone shouted out um, a slur against okay. lesbians, just a word. Mm. I don't want to say it because I don't want to promote no. it. But um, no one did anything, right? And... I had to walk up to the bouncer and just go, if that person stays in, I'm not going on stage. So you're going to have an empty, when my name's called, there's going to be a long pause because I was like, and he was like, oh, you know, it's banter. You've got to have a laugh with it. And I was like, like, it's your job. It's your job. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not my job to deal with hate. And that's what these words are. And it's not my job to educate either. Be like, go up there and do it. It's my job to go up there and be funny for the next 20 minutes. Um, so I'll have banter. If someone's like, you shit, I'll play with them. If someone's like, your mum, I'll play with them. Mm. But I'm not going up when someone's just been homophobic. Yeah. Like, that's not my job. And also, because what I realised was going, these people, when they do it, and then we, as the LGBTQ comedian, turn it into a laugh. Mm. And then they think they've got the laugh. Yeah. And aren't they all helpful? So I was like, so we have to stop playing into that narrative and being like, so now I stand there. I did did a gig in Yorkshire and this man said to me, um, 
So I said, oh, what do you think I did as a job before I got into this? And this man shouted out the F word. Wow. For a gay slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, hmm. And the whole room went quiet and like got tense. And in my head, I'm going, I don't know why you lot are tense. I'm the one experiencing the hate. Yeah. Like you lot are just little wimps around it. And I just stood there and I didn't say anything. And everyone's looking at me. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm not carrying on until the bouncer kicks out the hate person. I'm not paid enough to deal with this. Um, And I literally just stood there (coughs) till he went. Yeah. And then it was like, and then got the gig back, smashed the gig. It was all very (laughs) pleasant. But then it's like, but then you have to get like walk to your car in case they're like hanging out outside. And it's all that stuff where it's a bit like, oh, it's so boring. Yeah. So, you know. But it is, like you say, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with with, um, a mate of mine. And uh, we were talking about, language and how she'd heard someone somewhere had been they'd been they'd said something that was ableist and uh and so she was she'd kind of quietly sort of messed him and gone look you know that that what that phrase is is ableist and i don't think you should use it but just you know and wasn't a dick about it but we were having this big chat about language and it's right and some people don't understand still don't understand how that like the, the slurs you've you've mentioned they don't get it. They just see it as it's. They just see it as banter, like you say. It's like I think for yeah. so long we did have it as banter. But what I think is really great now is people are going, no, this isn't banter anymore. Like no. it's not. And I, I think, um, I think about this all the time. Is I'm actually very easy breezy. Like if it if it comes to my door, I'll deal with it. But I'm not one of those people that are like walking around telling everyone what to say and to, like whatever. Like, yeah. but. Um, because I don't have time and it's really exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I do think is just being like, there's this like narrative where it's like, oh, you can't say anything anymore, or yeah, I said it. Like people think they could, yeah, I said it, and it's like, do you know what though? It's just where rather than because they're saying to us, oh, you're always whinging, you're always doing this, you're always doing that. It is easier if you just don't say it. Yeah. That's actually the easiest thing. Here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, If yeah. someone says, that's offensive now, and I get that language is turned all the time, and I get, because, you know, like when there was that all um, kicking off during lockdown when it was like, friends is homophobic, mm. friends is homophobic. I don't think friends is homophobic. I think 1995 was homophobic. <laughs> like, yeah. and therefore some of the jokes are a reaction to that. But the cast of Friends, the writers, in my opinion, were not being homophobic. It was the the thing is at that time in the nineties, gay was always a punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it's like, so we can't delete Friends because like that's what the nineties allowed. But now, when you write a show, just don't let gay be a punchline. No, let the characters have depth and nuance. Like you let everyone else. That's what I always think. But also, if someone's telling you, like, because I'm always learning as well. It's not like, yeah, sure. you know, it's not like even us that try and do the right thing are always getting it right. Like, it's because language is constantly changing. But yeah. I think if someone tells you, then yeah, I think you should check your privilege and not be like, well, that's what I say, or you can't say anything, or yeah. 
woke or whatever. What all these things that people throw out there, woke this, woke that. I mean, I always see um on TV shows, they're always having debate about trans rights and it's always cisgendered people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to bring a trans person to have a discussion? I mean, they might not want to, but do you want to to try and make that happen? Oh, just don't have the discussion. It's not your debate to have. (laughs) Well, I always see, I see people um, talking about diversity. Oh, we're having a a, uh, conference to discuss diversity. And you go, that is the whitest looking room I've ever seen since a fucking clan rally. Yeah. What are you talking about? The diversity needs to change behind the scenes. It's not, oh. it's all very well up front going, oh, look at all these acts that we've got on here. They're so diverse. You're like, yeah, but the writer's room, the behind the scenes, the people running the place, it's all, you've still got, it's still white, but cisgendered people calling the shots. There you go. It's not going to change until that changes. It, it is interesting because yeah. I always think all the time is going like, like stale, which makes me laugh, is going, because I'm camp. And because I'm Northern and working class, there are two things I face. So camp means obviously, I'm obviously don't have any serious thoughts and I don't have any take on politics. I'm just light and fluffy all the time. And I don't, I just skip through the streets, living my best life. The pandemic didn't hit me at all because life's all rainbows and butterflies. So there's that thing where it's like Stephen possibly can't do anything serious. But then the other side is being Northern and working class. Of course, that means I'm thick as fuck. And therefore, when I'm not on stage, I am down the mines. And therefore, I've no idea what's going on in politics or the world. And it's like you're always fighting these stereotypes that are still, you know, I'm sure you have it as a working class man. And yeah, yeah. we're in a youth obsessed society. Yeah, I've got, do you know what? And at the minute, that's what's happening. It's kind of like, oh, well, we've we've already had, we don't need the older men at the minute. It's done now. And you're like, what am I going to do? What do I do? I can't help who I am. I'm a straight older dude. That's. But also, you know. what I think about you is good. This is where you are different. Is you're a straight older dude. Your words. You're a straight older dude, but who understands how the world is changing. Like you're one of the good guys. That mm. is like no, I understand about representation. Yeah. I understand about gender and labels and pronouns and all that stuff. So it's like, why not give you that voice rather than like some of the bad guys that are like refusing to keep up? Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing about, I they, I have this discussion with people about pronouns all the time. And, they're, and, they're, and I'm like, well, just, why can't you just accept it? What is the problem? Why? What does it matter? You know, I've been at gigs and I've had to, and I've, I've had to say, like, I'm sorry, and it's clunky when you do it, but you have to do it. You just go, Look, I'm really sorry, but what are your pronouns? Just so I don't fuck it up when I introduce you in case I say something else. But there's so many people that refuse to just acknowledge that and acknowledge that the world is changing around them. And, acknowledge and the, even when you know, they're told, they just don't do it. Like, I always think, yeah. whatever you believe or whatever your thoughts are, if someone's asking you, like people say to me, is it Stephen or is it Steve? Do you prefer yeah. Stephen or Steve? And I go, I prefer Stephen. And they call me Stephen, yeah. right? Me, one of my brother-in-laws, uh, well, my only brother-in-law, one of his mates, um, it, you know, is called Lee. But everyone calls him Ginge. Right. That's his nickname. I'm Ginge. This is Ginge. So therefore, why we can't do it with anything else? Emmerdale Farm is now called Emmerdale. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can do things. Snickers used to be called Marathon. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we are purposely, if someone's saying, I would prefer the pronouns they, them, we are purposely doing it because, you know, you're rich. I don't call you Richard. You have to be called rich. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... Yeah. It's like... So people choose not to do it and they make it like this big facade, like, oh, bloody hell. Oh, da, da, da. And it's like, no, no, it literally is like, your name's Stuart, but please call me Stu. Oh, I don't like my first name. So I just get everyone to call me by my surname. Yeah. I'm Smithy. I'm Smithy. Like we do it every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we literally not... do it every day. <laughs> it's not an issue, is it? It's not yeah. an issue. But you talk about, you talk about, you said about being, you're seeing this being camp. Yeah. Did you find that difficult growing up? Because you grew up, didn't you grow up in Manchester? Yeah. Yeah. How was that growing up? Because I don't imagine you... Did you feel like you had to hide who you were or was it pretty cool when you were growing up? No, I talk about this all the time, which really annoys me when there's like this class divide. Because I would say wherever I'm, where I'm from, they might not have the on-paper book smarts, but they've got the most emotional intelligence I've ever had. I didn't know homophobia was a thing until I was about 23 when I moved to London. I never experienced it. So it's like, I knew it was like, obviously I knew about like Section uh, 28 and, you know, everything that happened during the AIDS crisis where it turned into this joke about gay men, etc. So I knew about the history of it. But I honestly thought because of how I grew up and everyone just accepted it for me, me for being me, and this isn't just my family either. This is like everyone on the estate. Like mm. no one ever made me feel bad. It wasn't until I was like 23 and I'd moved to London and you're walking through the street holding a hand. Like that was my first experience was like when someone tutted at me and my boyfriend for holding hands on the tube. Oh, like wow. when you've honestly got straight people like grinding against those bars, fingering each other, yeah. they really do. <laughs> and no one bats an eyelid. But us holding hands is absolutely oh, disgusting yeah. to see. Um and that was like the first, I was like, oh, is this thing? And I had never felt more naive in my life. I always thought I was quite worldly because yeah. um, I'd done a year abroad in France, never had any issues there. So no, as a kid, I didn't really, obviously people used, because it was like the 90s. So people said like, that's well gay, as mm. in that's bad. Um, but even that, it didn't really affect me no. because... I didn't really take it personally. And it was kind of how the language was used at the time. The intent, yeah. Yeah. So I was just I was like, all right. But no, I never had any issues in that way. Even um, I, did a, I did a podcast, which is about coming out stories. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be the shortest because I didn't really have a coming out story. I just oh, took a boyfriend to. home <laughs> and I was like, mom, dad, this is whoever, this is, you know. And they were like, um, Oh, I And I was like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. Da, da, da. Like, there was no coming out. It was just like, will you sit with him while I go and get changed because we're going to go to the cinema? It was just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no... Yeah, I was never made to feel bad. And it, like, it always makes me laugh in our industry, in the comedy and TV industry, of the fact of going, like, you can only have one gay at a time. Do you know, like, even on a, <laughs> a line, never mind on TV, but on a line-up, on a live line-up, because it's like, obviously, you all bring the same thing. All my male cousins are gay, and we couldn't be more different if you tried. Yeah, right, really. So to me, it's just all these things where I feel like, because of how I grew up, I think sometimes that's why it affects me more now, because I was like, this didn't happen for the first 20-odd years of my life. Yeah. Um, you didn't have it, you didn't know, there was no pressure, you were just... No, people just yeah. accepted me for me, and I actually recorded my um, Radio 4 special the other day, and I, I tell some of these stories... 
And it turned out there was a girl from school in and she was sat in the second row. And I've not seen her since school. So at first, when you're looking at someone, you go, really recognise her? But we yeah. meet so many people. I was like, it's probably just from a gig or something. I was like, so I didn't really engage with it. And then when I was talking about something that happened in school, she was like, that's true. And I was like, oh. And I talked about like when I had a, because I did, I did try and have a girlfriend when I was like 13, but it only lasted a week because I knew it wasn't really for me. Um, <laughs> but, and, and she was like, and this girl was like, that's true. And I went, we went to school together, didn't we? So now the rate, as I'm saying to the BBC, we need to pay this girl because she's half the show. She's half, <laughs> she's me fact checker. Um, and so it was really nice to go, oh, it's not that I've got these rose tinted glasses on. This girl that I've not seen since then had literally just come to the recording. Yeah. I was really there. And I think she's going to be in the show. We got her to sign a release form. Oh, amazing. Um, but it was just nice to have that um, validation. And I think the only thing, because also I think the thing people forget about the 90s is even though it had been legalised by that point to be gay, actually the rule was you can't talk about it. You can't have... PDAs that like you can't, so you would oh, never wow. see gay men. Like you'd see it on TV. Obviously, they had big coming out stories, but it was like no. So no one ever spoke about it. So I didn't really understand it. And also, yeah. I wasn't like a very sexual kid. So never mind. Like when everyone else is getting their first girlfriend or whatever, yeah. I genuinely was just like, I think I was really behind. Like I was really obsessed with the Power Rangers and. I was really obsessed with like S Club 7 right, yeah. but and the Spice Girls, obviously. And I'm not sure if that was me being like, well, apparently you're supposed to fancy girls, but I just don't fancy any of these people. But then no one was talking, sitting me down and be like, do you think you might be gay? Because it was just not, a, it was not a thing that was done. Yeah. And so I, I think that was me exploring my sexuality, but I didn't really know I was doing that. I just really liked the Spice Girls and I really liked Steps and I really liked... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had um, posters of Ricky Martin on my wall ah. and no one ever like, my mum and dad were never like, why is he on your shirt, on your wall shirtless? They just accepted it. But at the same time, they never sat down and went, so I think the reason you're doing this is maybe you're a boy who's a, like, they never had that conversation. No. I just think it wasn't a thing then, yeah, but they mate, let yeah. me be me, let which you, I think yeah. was really important. Exactly that. They let you be you. They kind of probably knew. Yeah. And just went, well, he'll find out for himself, you know. Well, I think they were doing that thing because also it was the 90s and it was like, it was still quite new to be open about being gay. Like, you know, because it was 67 that it was partially decriminalised and then like 80s was like the AIDS crisis. Then you had all the stuff with Section 28. And so um, I think it was just like, they didn't know you could talk about it. I, I think they probably had in their head oh, he'll come to us when he's ready. Yeah. That's, you know, that kind of thing. But they they definitely knew. Honest God, I found some old pictures. No one's <laughs> No one's surprised. No. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that but there was always, I remember people talking about Brett Anderson from Suede and people like that. And it always used the word androgynous. And that yeah. Was, and so that was a selling point to go, oh, he's, andro- he's androgynous. He's, he's, he's part, he's everything. He's so, you know, they didn't, uh, it was, I suppose fluid would have been the word. Yeah. Maybe that's where that, but, but yeah, it was always like, it, we, you don't realize how it, we were still in the early stages of being more open about people's sexuality. It wasn't I do think that's the other thing as well is like, 
you have to give people to learn. Like I won't put up with people like shouting hate at me. No. But if if my dad used a wrong pronoun on a friend, I would just tell him. I wouldn't like lose my shit. I'd be like, yeah. don't forget it's they. That's yeah. Th- like I wouldn't lose my shit because I, d- I think the other side of it is for all the people that refuse to learn there's like a weird thing at the minute where people don't think it's their job to educate yeah. and it's like and people should just know and it's like i don't understand how that's going to happen no if you don't um, know to ask you're not going to ask yeah so i i think there's a night so i'm never quick to jump down people so i'll just be mm-hmm. like like if someone go Oh, how was he? I'll go, oh, they're fine. Yeah, there yeah, go. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is also an element of some people using it to get attention as well. And you kind of, I feel sometimes there's a few people that you go, you're just getting in the way of it all now because you want some attention and it's you're using it for the wrong thing. And I don't know, I don't know if that's, I think that clout, that muddies the waters a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like some people go, oh, I found a thing. And you're like, you know, you don't need a thing. If it's not, it's not really who you are, then just chill out and just. Do you know what Ooh, I mean? Oh, the door went. Sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> can I just answer it so yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Sorry, I don't know what it is. You see, could be a delivery. I need some interlude music lined up for this. Oh, I've got a present. That's fun. What is it? What is it? You've got to do, an, open, got to do an, a box opening video. Yeah. We had Sophie Willen did a box opening, didn't she, on the podcast? And it was a flip chart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Sophie Willen. Everything oh, yeah. she's achieved is insane. Yeah, she's spectacular. We love Sophie. What is this? What is it? What is it? I mean, it looks like a pack of cocaine, but I'd just like to say for the benefit of the tape, I've never done that in my life. Have you not? No. Have you done never. anything ever? Never. Fuck you now. Well done. Oh, that's um, exciting. What is it? It's my uh, prize from House of Games. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil it because this goes out. This will go out and people won't. Just... It's already aired. It's airing as we're recording. So by the time this goes out, it's going know. out tonight. So when oh, last, they'll yeah. still know. I've, I've, I've already. I won it on Monday. All right. They'll know. It's my binoculars. <laughs> Congratulations, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you so that's much. That's another thing as well. You're not a Steve. You're a Stephen. I've always known Yeah, that's what I always Stephen. say. Some people pull off Steve so well. I'm just not one of those people. You're just not a Stephen. Yeah, Steve, no. sorry. You're a Stephen with a yeah. I always think Steve... I do... I, I know I shouldn't say this. It's game out. I always think Steve is a bit straight. Well, it is, yeah. Steve, yeah. Was, when I was growing up, so all the all the the main characters in films were called Steve yeah. or Jack or something, something quite you know robust. You know, they were always like you know, as you know, you know, yeah, Steve and all that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely. Even when I used to do Taekwondo, they used to call me Stevie, and I really liked that. And when I started comedy, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be Stevie Bailey. But then I was like, well, I prefer Steve. Maybe that was a because taekwondo quite you know it's a, a vigorous sport maybe that was a way of i don't know softening yeah. it up a bit making you a bit more playful i think just because i was camp and i was always in the adults class so i was like the youngest oh, right. in the adults class so i was like 
14, 15 when I started. Yeah. And, um, but I was with like people that were like anywhere between 19 and maybe 35. Mm. Um, but I was too old to be in the kids class. Um, so I think it was that thing of them being like looking after me and having like that mum thing. Because <laughs> even like that, it's like, I always joke about this, be like, they knew as well. Like we talk about it oh, yeah. all the time now. These adults knew because they're like 19, 20, they had gay friends, but just no one was telling me. <laughs> they maybe didn't think they had to. You were quite, sounds like you were quite open with it all. So they just felt he's doing yeah. his thing. He's doing his I thing. I was always me because, yeah, but I just never knew. I, I didn't really know about sex and stuff. No. I just really, I remember always being like in PE, fancying all the boys, being like, oh my God, look at Daniel's six pack. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I think, but it's funny, isn't it? what is it that makes us attracted to certain bits of the body? Be it gay, be it straight, be it trans, whatever it I is. I do wonder why yeah. it is, you know, like being, um, because do you know, like my celebrity crush is Zac Efron. My favourite bit about Zac Efron is his armpit hair. <laughs> I have no idea why, but when he's been in films and he's like puts his arm up or whatever, I'm always like, oh my God, look at him. Is it the fact that he's got some? Because he's Maybe. pretty ripped, isn't he? And then he's yeah. got that going on. I have no idea. Because I'll tell you what, I yeah, I there, maybe it's a thing. I don't know, maybe subconsciously your animal brain associates it with strength and maybe protectiveness. Like he could protect you because he's ripped, so he looks strong. Like I've seen, have you seen the Baywatch movie with The Rock and everyone? It's, it's ridiculous. I liked it. It's ridiculous. I can't. It's the one where I've not been, I watch everything Zach does, but even that I was like, no, no, let's not lose the attraction. Give it a watch, honestly, because he's fantastic in it. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bit where he's hanging off these bars and he's doing his thing. And I, and I just went, that guy is, what a spectacular human being. And he can sing and he's really funny in that And film. dance. And he can dance and he looks like that. And to have that body, going back to what I said about James Smith, like James Smith said, to have a, to, to have all that on show, like the six pack and everything else, that is, your, your life will be fucking miserable to get to achieve that. It's really hard to achieve. And for him to do that, it's, he must. His life must be just. He must be so regimented. And, and you so must. De- you must dedicate. Do you know what's really yeah. interesting about that as well? Because I was reading something the other day about. Do you know, like the people that do like the Marvel films, like your Jake Gyllenhaal and stuff like that, and um, people that have like lost weight, gained weight, whatever for the roles. And you go. It is a lot of dedication. Yeah. I read something about like George Clooney. I can't remember what the role was, but he had to put weight on for something, and even he was saying. Then afterwards, you have to be so regimented for months because he was like, it's so easy to put weight on and it's so nice. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, (laughs) but um, it's so fun to put weight on. But then he's like, but losing weight is so much harder than putting it on. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And you go, well, if George Clooney's saying it, I'm there. You could just sit there. Like, I can't remember who said it. But to put weight on, I think it was Bill Burr. You could just sit there watching films, shoving snacks into your face. That's putting on weight. And it goes on in, in, a, in, a, in a, I don't know, a couple of weeks you put on a stone. Like we did in the, in the lockdowns, like you said. Yeah. We piled it on, you know, a couple of stone. 
and now and now it's going to take two years to get rid of that and you have to be really conscious about it like if you want to lose the weight is be like it is about calories and yeah. less it's less fun it really it is, is like, less fun it is you want to go you know I'm, i've cut down on my drinking but when i go out it'd be a couple of pints and whatever else and then food on the way home and that. And you're like, that's, you've done two days worth of calories, maybe three in one evening. <laughs> in one evening. It is mad. Because I always do the 5-2 diet. That's how I do it. Yeah. Which is two days of 500 calories. Um, and it is, do you know what's really annoying though is you do have more energy and... Really? You do, yep. You feel so much better. But I think it's... Um, I'm not very healthy eater. Like, mm. I prefer burger and chips. Yeah. I never order a salad, you know. And so I think that's my issue, I think, as well. And that's why it's good for me to do the fasting days because you go, right, well, two days a week, you are having salad, mm. you are having veg and fruit and a lot more water, um, black tea, etc. And then the rest of the days, I was, you don't have to work. Because my thing is, I'd love to know how you feel about this. With all the travel that comes with work as a comedian, there is um, sometimes when there's like road closures and it's late at night and it's raining, the only thing that's going to make me happy is finding a Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, nice. Or whatever your takeaway yeah, of choice yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Just being like, do you know what? If I have this, I can get through that drive home. <laughs> there's a weird thing with food me where it's like when I'm sad... I'll, I'll feel like I need spurring on. Yeah. Get a takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm happy and I want a reward, get me some <laughs> profiteroles. <laughs> I need to be placid <laughs> to have salad. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I remember I was doing so before the lockdowns and that, doing a lot of driving, and I'd always have a bag of sweets in the car. And then a bag of sweets on the way home to stay awake, just sucking on a sweet. And then I had a personal trainer for a bit, Laura. Oh, yeah. And then she said, she goes, do you know one of those sweets is 36 calories? And I'm like, she says, how many bags do you have? And I'm like, a oh, bag on the way up and a bag home. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. That's, but it's the only yeah. thing that gets you through. Sometimes, yeah. though, when you do know the calories, it has put me off things before. Like, mm. it has made me. And I'll tell you another trick I do should you want to be a bit healthier, is um, when I'm eating out at a restaurant, I pick what I'm having beforehand and then I do not get distracted by anyone else because then it's in my head. So if everyone else starts ordering like burger chips and a side of garlic bread and this and that, I'm like, nope, I know what I've committed to. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Just it's the whole world is mad when you think about what you think going, we've lived through a global crisis and now... And it is because of health. It used to be vanity. Quite frankly, I'd happily just not diet. But yeah. once someone says you've got to have your gallbladder out, you go, Shit, yeah. okay, well, I don't want to have anything else out. So, Thinking <laughs> um, of weight you'll lose when you have that out. <laughs> well, my mum had her gallbladder out years ago and they said, they go, oh, loads of people lose weight. Not my mum. Oh, so really? I was like, if I've got your goddamn genes, <laughs> if I've got your genes. But... So you've got global crises, then we've got this weight gain, which isn't good for your mental health. Then you have to go to therapy to sort out your mental health. Because mm. I don't know about you, I 
I'm a, my anxiety is through the roof oh, every God, time yeah. you have to get a yeah, train, yeah, yeah. every time you have to be with people after having all this time with no people. Like every time someone coughs, as dramatic as it is, I am that person that's like, oh God, not again. Yeah. Like, um, and then we're back to work. I feel over exhausted because for two years I didn't move. So yeah. now whenever I have to do anything, it feels like a chore. Then you've got the stuff about all the gayness and going, well, this is how I want to handle it these days. Like if you're homophobic, I'm not going to deal with that. Then you've got people asking you for your opinion. Because also, you know, like different comedians are different and not everyone's very nice. Then when one of those comedians have said something Mm. and then everyone's obviously debating it, people bring it to your doorstep, be like, what do you think? And I go, I've not, I've not seen it, so I'm not no. engaging with it. Like, you go, our brains are fucking full. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's, it's life's really hard at the minute. Yeah, and also the with bills, that, like you say as yeah, well. It, everything's piling up. It's like people always think that people they think that black people are wanting to talk about race all the time, and they're like, no, they don't. They don't want to. They why should they? Why would they? Why are you bringing it? I know, we, and I, I use uh, other like comedians specifically, always getting asked their opinion, and it's like, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to get through my every day. Why have I? Why have I got to be the one that talks about this all the time? It's the same with you about, like you say, the gayness. Like it's always yeah. to you. It's like, well, I, maybe I don't want to talk about it today. Maybe, maybe it's up to you to figure this out. And also, then it is flipped on you as well. So then, if someone asks you about it then you answer the question. Because mm. I'm not going to sit there and go, no, it's fine for gay people. I've got to go, no, it's still illegal to be gay in 69 countries. Some of those are places you probably would never go. But some of them, all your mates holiday there every year. Like, mm. you know, people go to Jamaica and places where it is still illegal or frowned upon or not safe. There's punishments there, etc., etc. Um And... Like Dubai, I've been offered gigs in Dubai. You go, are you kidding? <laughs> like, um, yeah, they're still chucking people who are gay off of buildings, and you yeah, to go and-, and it's like, and I think in Dubai, I might be wrong, don't at me, but I think in Dubai you're not allowed to even talk about it. So I wouldn't have no act Shit. because not not that I'm talking about being gay, but because no. I can't talk about my boyfriend. You know? Yeah, yeah. So oh I, god, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You'd so then arrested. it's like, oh God. Um, so like if someone engages with me, like someone asked me recently because they've got an AIDS joke and I said, and I think someone had pulled them up about it. And I said, well, the thing is, the reason it's not okay is because AIDS was a pandemic. Mm. It killed lots of people, particularly gay men. How, and um, no one was busy helping them. It was no. put on the back burner because it was gay men. But also the politicians and the videos are out there. You can still watch them. Made jokes about how it was just yeah, gay men. Yeah, and that's yeah. how it became a joke. That's how AIDS became a punchline. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not willing to do it with any other illness. Yeah. Like if you wouldn't replace it with like cancer, your joke, then mm. it's like, because we've not been taught cancer's a funny word. And that's what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, but also yeah. I was like, and also it's, and that's why people are laughing because it's been taught. But there's also a lack of education because it's like, it doesn't predominantly kill gay men now no. because we're educated on it. Yeah, straight, more straight people apparently in yeah. the last few years. Yeah. And um, 
it's just stuff like that. But it's only like, if you ask, I will give you my opinion. Mm. But if not, yeah. it's knackering. You'd never not be saying anything. <laughs> but then people go, <laughs> people ask you your opinion. You tell them your opinion. It's not the opinion they wanted. Then they go, oh, Stephen's whinging. And it's like, I'm not whinging. <laughs> Don't ask me. I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> I wouldn't have said out. <laughs> I know what you mean. And it's, a, yeah, it's, I mean, I get annoyed. I get annoyed when I see people when they lump, they lump us when they lump like straight white men all into the same thing. And of course, you know, and but then you have to take a moment and go, no, no, I get it, I get it, I get why that's happening. And uh, and then you you take a moment and you calm down and you figure it out and you go, no, no, you, you it's not everybody. But what you're doing is you're by instead of talking about it all the time, your actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So what I'm doing shows that. And that's how you make a difference. So, yeah, I get it. Try not to get involved in all the fucking fighting. Yeah, because I always think with comedy as well, it's like, we are meant just to be having a laugh, guys. I fucking said this the other week. I was talking to Francis Foster, funnily enough. Yeah. And I was saying, surely, as comedians, we should be sort of on the outside of it all, looking in at all of it and, and kind of finding the funny in all of it. But, yeah, and also I think sometimes the stuff that's more ingrained and people where they're like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way can often be worse in a way because it's like the, the fact that you don't... Do you know that like, when it's like, I know for a fact I will not be booked or I feel, maybe is a better way of putting it, I feel like if Tom Allen, Larry Dean, any insert any other gay man, comedian is booked on a show, mm. I will not be booked on. I think that's a proper problem because people in their head just go, it's ingrained in them to go, yeah. well, we've got the gay one. Two wouldn't work. We don't want to confuse like, people. Stuff like that is like, <laughs> to me, is the thing that always goes, why are we not looking at that? Or, you know, yeah. I remember watching a, a show when it was, do you remember that debate going around um, about should only gay people play gay roles. Yes. Well, it's not, um, you know, it's not my opinion, but what I often saw, or on one particular show, I saw only straight people discussing it, right? Right. Yeah. And it's like, you've not got the option for that other argument. Like, no. there's the, because it, and, and actually, there is, I don't think there's an easy answer to it because it is like, well, the best person for the job should play the role. Yeah. However, sometimes it does feel like, but you're telling me you can't find a gay man that can play yeah. a role that's good enough. Um, and it's like, you know, I think there's certain times when it is like, do you know when you're having like your first Disney gay prince character? That's never been done before. I think you could work a bit harder yeah. to find a gay guy to play that role and a famous gay guy. The, um Dan Levy, uh, yeah. David from Shit's Creek, he could do it. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. solved. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> but that's it. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to money, and that's what they're that's what they're saying is yes. Yeah. What what we need is what they want really is someone that's going to sell tickets. So that's yeah. why you you know like they say you could go oh well we need a gay person to play this this role, but the film's massive. We need someone that's going to cover that cost and make us money. Yeah. There might not be someone on that level. 
and that's I where just they think start it's not an easy like, conversation, no. which is why those debates happen. But then the problem is when you're having the debate, you've not even brought a gay guy. You brought yeah. a look like I mean, I saw a straight guy discuss it, be like, "Well, um, I thought gender's supposed to be, uh, uh, or gender's a spectrum, or sexuality's a spectrum." And it's like you do not know how to use that sentence. You just know that <laughs> sentence is out there, and you're flinging it in now. Just like, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just because at least for me, I feel like very balanced by that decision because I think well I think gay people should be able to play straight roles yeah but at the same time I do understand but I also understand the point of going there are just less roles Mm. where or less mainstream roles so if I think if a gay person can play a gay person and it's right and they're the best actor as well and so you so say you're sat there between an amazing gay guy, an amazing straight guy. And it's like, there's not much in it. Like maybe the straight guy's got a few more followers. That are... mm. uh, in that instance, I would argue perhaps you go more to the gay guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it comes down to the money side of it. And yeah, if, but... if that gay person's got more of a uh, following than the other person, which means tickets are going to get sold, then absolutely. What I like is that we're having characters now in things that... Yes, the character is gay, but that's not a that's that it's not a thing. It's just they just. I remember watching a it's a shit film. I think it's called Hollywood Boulevard or something like that. Colin Farrell, and Ray Winston plays this horrible gangster, and he's gay in it. But they kind of allude to it. They don't really. Yeah. It's not really a thing. And then there's been a few characters in things lately where they go, yeah, he's gay. So what? It's not a thing. Do you know, it's not. Whereas years ago, it'd be, oh my god. They're, oh, they're having a kiss. You're like, fucking... Oh, yeah. God. Well, do you remember Brookside? Brookside was had, the like, one. Yeah. And you go... Like, for me, it's... I agree with that as going... Why is our story always just the coming out story? Yeah. And then they don't really know what to do with us after that. It's like... um, But they're getting better at it. Like, there's... um. There was a, a show with uh, Ben Aldridge where it was called, like, I think it was called The Long Call. He was, like, a, direct, uh, a detective in it. It was on ITV just before Christmas. And um, it was kind of like, he's a gay man. He lived with his husband. But it was about being a detective and the crime that needed to be solved. It yeah. wasn't really about that. It just, it, like, normally in that situation, it would be, a normal murder mystery, and he just goes home to his wife. And the only difference was he went home to his husband. Yeah. And I thought that was really great. And it'd be great to get, like, more of those where... Because I always think about, you know, the soaps, it's like they are another one where it's like they do the storyline that, oh, I'm gay now, and then they don't know what to do with the characters. And you go, well, you just do the same storylines that you're giving, like, Danny Dyer. So can one of them have an alcohol problem? Can we turn out like this? You know, you just give the same storyline, except instead of Mick talking to Linda about it, it's Ben talking to Callum. Yeah. They are getting better, though, I must say on that. They are getting Things better. Things are more. changing. They are changing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, and it's good. But it, like, it is the... It is, the public's perception of these things. Like I've had conversations with people and they'll, and they'll be like, oh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. And you go, well, you're yeah. going to have to hear about it a little bit more because now we're in the middle of this change. And for change to happen, it has to be extreme 
So you're gonna get it's gonna it's to some people they're going like it, it's gonna feel like that. And you go, but imagine you remember what it used to be like. When every yeah. major film was all white people, when every major film was all straight people, straight white men being the lead all the time. And also, I think as well, what we have got bad at, I was talking to a producer about this the other day, is we don't seem to like to have conversations anymore. Like, I think we've had a very nice conversation. No mm. one's having to go at anyone. No one's saying anyone's no. thoughts or feelings are wrong. And I think it's like, and everyone's just said, this is sometimes how I feel. And this is sometimes how I feel. And this is sometimes how I feel. And there's no right or wrong answer. And I think people have forgot to have that conversation. Just yeah. be like, oh, we can have a chat about something. Like, you know, like when you go out with your friends, you talk about like, well, this is how my week's been. How's your mum? Mum's all right. Yeah. And then there might have been something in the news. And you go, did you see that thing the other day about... COVID, whatever, the, the cost of living, yeah. um, the petrol prices. And then you have a little discussion about it, but no one's falling out over it. You just go, yeah, this is my take on it. And I do think we don't get to see that in the public domain. No. Being like, We all talk about this stuff behind closed doors and you don't always agree. Like Brexit, I'm sure some people had conversations with their parents or whoever where their views were opposing. Yeah. But you still love whoever you're talking to and you still yeah. it doesn't change anything you've just you might give them a bit of thought they might have given you a bit of thought but it seems to be that on a public platform people don't want to have that level of depth they want it to be as easy as it's this way or it's that way and it's like i don't think that's tr- like no. i personally apart from when people are saying homophobic, racist, yeah, sexist yeah, yeah. things i actually can sit, and when they're very clear like i don't think people that go no, I think straight out should play gay roles. I don't think they're like, oh my God, you homophobe. I'm like, no, okay. I can see you're coming from an acting point of view where you're saying the best actor should get the job. Yeah. Totally get that. Whereas I'm coming from a bit of a going, but statistically we'll never get a chance if you don't let us. Anyway, so you go that way. But I think people are too used to be like, it's this way or you're wrong. Yeah. And then and then that's all we see. And then I think that feeds into the whole, the people that get their backs up in the other way who don't want to be educated, who don't want to be moved forward, who go, this is how I see it. Yeah. Like, um, because people aren't willing to have a conversation. And if you look at every story in your life, like, you know, every friendship you made, every friendship you lost, every breakup, every time you got someone, there's about six sides to every story anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why is it not the same for the rest <laughs> of... <laughs> and I find that as well, and I might have said this on here before, a lot of people want to be the... They want to be the one that found the thing to be outraged at. So they're looking they're looking for it and they're making... Like I've had conversations with people and they've kind of... Oh, well, I guess, I guess you know, that's how you... That, I guess that you would say that or you would think that. I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about it with you. And they're like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to find a thing and then you can go and tweet about it and go, I was talking to this guy and he said this. And you're like, yeah, I did say that, but I, you, you're taking away why I was saying it. We were having a conversation about a bigger thing and I was like, look, and some people see it this way and some people see it that way and you're going, yeah, but you can't say that. I'm like, no, no, but I'm talking about how people see things. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think I get what you're saying, it. actually. You're, I think, if I'm right, you're saying 
people don't want to be put in boxes because they just because we're all we've all got depth and layers and yeah. nuance. Yet people can't wait to put each other and themselves in a box. Yeah, like when people are like, you know, I'm the vegan comedian, I'm the political comedian, I'm yeah. the right wing comedian, I'm this that, and it's like. Well, you're more than all those things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you want to make that your brand. You're looking for a selling point, and it, and and you're like, just yeah, USP, and you're just, it, I, I, I when, like you said earlier, it's like, can't we just be funny? Is that couldn't that be a thing? We're we're jesters at the end of the day. We're supposed to be bringing entertain, like making light of everything, making making people feel better about all the shit things that are around them, and. I've said this to people before. If you talk, if if you're if you're not racist and you're not homophobic and you're not sexist and you're not all these things, your material won't be that. So yes, that's what so, I think all yeah. the time. <laughs> I think that all the time is being like, um, I just. I don't have bad opinions in life. Like I don't have no. racist thoughts or no. sexist thoughts or whatever. So. Um, yeah, that doesn't come out to me on stage. And then I'm just funny. And then people laugh. And I always say, actually, being a working class, northern, Mm. camp, feminine, gay man, I'm automatically a walking, talking political statement. But now I can just talk about when I worked at Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whatever it is you want to cut, to, you want to get through to people, will come out in your material. It will come out in the think the stories you're telling. People will work out who you are by what you're saying, by what you're talking about. You don't have to make a specific point and go. I want to talk about gay rights. I want to talk about this. Like, if you talk about, if you do material about things about people, people are going to work out whose side you're on, what you believe. You know, I think it's a cleverer way of doing it as well, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we've got the news. Like I used to say during the pandemic, my goodness, and I love all these shows, but by the time you've watched the news, Good Morning Britain, Lorraine, This Morning, Loose Women, you've had it bashed over your head. Yeah. The topics, yeah. like, you know, vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Where it's like, if I just went up and made a joke about when I went to get my vaccine, or da, 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 all of a sudden you go, oh, he's someone that's got the vaccine. Yeah. He thinks the vaccine's the right thing to do. Like, yeah. And you don't have to go, I, you don't have to say that. You don't have to go, I think everyone should be vaccinated. Da, 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 da. Like, I have a bit where I actually say going, you know, about the vaccine where I go, I don't judge what anyone's done, your body, your choice. And I couldn't understand why you've not had it because we've been lied to so much, I couldn't understand why you're dubious. But, and then I go into my whole bit. Yeah. But it's like, there's, you, there's bits like, just be funny. Like anything I say, if people come away, be like, he was really funny. He was great. I'd like to have a pint with him. Yeah. Don't matter what I've said, I've been really good for gay rights. Yeah, exactly. I've got this whole bit about uh, gender neutral toilets that I do now. And the whole, like, it's about my mate not being happy. Like, the pub we're drinking has been refurbished and my mate wasn't happy about the toilets being changed. And then he said this mad stuff. And you're going, you're going, right? And the whole back and forth is me pointing out, like, mate, because he says, he says this thing. And then I point out that he's wrong. And then we have a lot. And then, and we go into, and then we end up in the toilet and we do a thing. Out of that material, you're going to work out that I understand, I understand 
trans rights. I understand the gender neutral toilet argument. I'm on the side of people's rights. I, I, people, gender neutral toilets shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be an issue. We shouldn't be worrying about it. And then I've got a, the, the, end, the, the end line as well is like, I understand as well that a lot of straight white men are causing issues when it comes to sexual assault and things like that. And, so, and it's all wrapped up in this material. But at no point do I go, I believe all trans, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in trans rights and, and gay rights and this and that. It's all in the material. Yeah. It's all in the story that I tell. Yeah, I, I do a bit as well where I go like, um, uh, basically I call straight white men stupid. And then I say, because they get really worried if a gay man fancies them. But let me tell you, when you should worry is when a gay man doesn't yeah. fancy you because we will fucking take anything. So if even we don't want you, it means you're a fucking munter. And that's the joke. And it's a yeah. very funny joke, it's joke. But it's also getting the point of being like, I've not come on this stage to fucking want to try and get off with all the straight men. I've come on this stage to get, so chill your bean and enjoy the show. <laughs> but I've found a funny way of saying it. Yeah. Like, you can relax. You're safe. I don't want to suck your dick. <laughs> You've got gaps in your teeth. Now laugh at me jokes. Like, I've just found a way of saying yeah. it that's funny without having to go, oh, a lot of straight white men feel very uncomfortable when I'm on a stage because of this. Like, it just goes... And so I have to help them settle in to the show and feel... I just go out and I'm funny. And then I throw that bit in at some point. Then everyone laughs. Everyone feels relaxed. And it just makes a point yeah. without being boring. And that's how it should be. Fuck. Stephen, this has been amazing. Thank you're you so amazing. Much. You're amazing. No, you're, you're amazing. amazing. I'm so glad we did this, Stephen. Me too. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Where can we find you on the socials? I'm at Stephen Comedy on everything. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, Stephen. I only really bother with Instagram. Everything else is so annoying. It is, to be honest, yeah. I like and you got some just... sort of podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, shit, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your podcast, Stephen? Um, so, Rich, I've got a podcast as well with TV's Zoe Lyons. Oh, very And it's nice. called um, Let's Talk About the Husband. And basically, me and Zoe became really close over lockdown because we kept ringing each other on our walks. Oh, amazing. And I was always talking about, like, I'd be like, oh, Lisa's done this, da 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 Kyle and Lisa have had a massive fallout. She thought they were my real friends, but it's from the Real Housewives <laughs> of Beverly Hills. Um, and she thought I was mad. And then I just said it as some clips and I've got her into the Kardashians oh. and she's highbrow. Um, so it's about what we can learn from reality TV. It's great. The best bit is Zoe not understanding what's going on. <laughs> I love Zoe. Me we too. decided when she came on the My Answer Insane and Fembrain, we would say, like, look, if we don't find anybody else, why don't the two of us just get married and go and live together and go trainer shopping every day? <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, yeah, I love Zoe very much. Me too. She's very she's funny. Really, she is. So are you, mate. So are you. Oh, thank you. So this will go out tonight. But thank you very much, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having us. So nice. Insane in the membrane. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. <laughs> 